can start taking these side bits off. off. Mm. This bit I really enjoy because you really see the the shape of the the spoon develop. Mm -hmm. This is Rob Lester, a budding spoon carver who has agreed to walk me through the process. We have met in the Sainsbury's Art Centre car park. He pops his boot and withdraws three staff-like wooden branches and a tree stump. To my untrained eye, it looks as though he is ready to embark in a medieval javelin fight. I'm not the only one who is mystified. Inquisitive passes by, engage in conversation with Rob and pry him for more details. He is perfectly amicable. In fact, he explains surprising people is part of the appeal. For example, I've done it outside my my house and it's on a busy street a lot of like pedestrians walking by and they're probably terrified and <laughs> yeah and they see this this guy you know you know with a knife you know <laughs> carving this bit of wood and they're kind of quite confused by what's going on but i actually really enjoy being that person doing something <laughs> unexpected and uh people being intrigued and um it's nice when people stop and and do ask i find it's, it's nice being in, in that busy place because it really helps you to slow down mm. when everyone else is whizzing by. Once we had unloaded, we walked the short distance across the undulating green grass flanked by the brutal ziggurat buildings on one side and the flat, reed-lined lake on the other. We proceeded to find a clearing amongst a tangle of trees. It was a glorious day, and the sun's rays permeated through to our chosen spot. Rob begins setting up his workstation. The three branches form the legs for the axe block. With him, he has a block of birch wood, which he recovered from a fallen tree branch in Mousehold Heath. He tells me a bit more about green woodworking and how he got involved. Just recently, I've been having counselling, and it was through a conversation with... Uh, my counsellor that actually brought up this subject. I was talking about how I felt like I was lacking something in my life where I'm using my hands. Mm. And w we talked about things that I'd done in the past which had, I'd really enjoyed. And, and one of those things was, was wood turning, mm -hmm. working with a natural product and using you know, hand tools and stuff. And it was that conversation which then inspired me to look into green woodworking which mm -hmm. is when you're using wood which is unseasoned it's straight from the tree it's mm -hmm. still um it's still wet and sappy mm -hmm. and uh i didn't know much about this this green wood working world uh, but i did some research and realized that there's all manner of different crafts out there yeah. and people doing things and i think one of the big enjoyment factors is uh making something from uh, something you've salvaged mm -hmm. you've made something and not damaged something yeah, in some in way you yeah yeah it's it's really nice to think that you've um you've made something mm. out of something that would n uh, normally be considered waste yeah um so is there some sort of benefit to using birch? Have you learned a lot about these types, different types of wood? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I was pr pretty, um, pretty ignorant, really, about 
wood before getting into this and I was really interested to learn more about different species and different qualities and birch is, is quite good as a starting point because it's quite soft, Very soft yeah. um, and it's quite abundant as well so you can find a lot of it mm. around uh, and I've, I feel like I've learned so much from actually working with it about the how the wood responds and knowing the makeup of the wood and uh, grain patterns and, and everything because you need to try and work with the wood rather than mm. um, trying to um, force it into your yeah system. exactly yeah. although it looks like the kind of uh, activity where you're like using an axe and like yeah. you know using loads of force most of this is quite delicate yeah um but this bit i quite like because it's you know you're really getting into it yeah <laughs> i think that would be one of the things i most enjoy about it so by the sounds of things i might not be very good at it i would probably go overboard and <laughs> yeah just start smashing at the wood do you find it relieves sort of stress in that way yeah in a, in a controlled way yeah um definitely although a lot of the time you're not like you know throwing the axe about and using it in a really forceful way mm. just the, the act of using a, a tool like this it is quite cathartic yeah um, yeah so in my short time doing this I've used birch willow which is also quite soft um, alder which is nice because it kind of turns a nice kind of orangey mm -hmm. color as it dries but my favorite so far has been um, cherry wood Mm. because it's got it, it can have some like really lovely grain mm -hmm. to it so the end product is then a lot more interesting to look at mm. whereas you know woods like birch and willow although they're soft quite plain mm. a mere 15 minutes had passed as the sun inched higher in the sky and rob had already created an object which closely resembled a spoon the handle and head were clearly defined and all of this he had achieved armed only with a pencil and an axe. I was amazed at how much he had achieved with such limited resources and wondered if this was part of its appeal. One of the things that really appeals about this, uh, as opposed to you know, other types of woodwork, is that you don't need a workshop to do it. Mm. And you, know, you can pretty much do it wherever you like, mm. to a degree. I mean, obviously you have to be conscious of you know doing it in public areas and, mm -hmm. and, and stuff but um, yeah it's nice because you get outside and you can do it in the fresh air and mm -hmm. in nice natural places and yeah that's that's really appealing. So was that one of the main reasons you took this hobby up then? Yeah I mean I love being outside mm. and um, I love I love the feeling that I'm doing an activity which doesn't kind of keep me in one place mm -hmm. I can do it in different spots mm. um, and I like that it doesn't take a lot of tools yeah just, so the startup costs aren't that high yeah it seems pretty accessible really yeah which is really important I think for a, a lot of young people as well is that it's cheap <laughs> Yeah, and also, yeah, I mean, that can that can be a massive barrier mm. because you might have great intentions to 
start a new hobby, mm. but then you start looking at what you need and that might then discourage you. Yeah. So is there any sort of historical significance to spoon carving as a practice? Yeah, there is. I mean, um, in medieval times, nearly everyone in, in, in England, whether it be peasants or the upper classes, used um, like wooden bowls and wooden spoons. Uh, it was it was commonplace. So this this is a a craft which has been practiced for millennia, really. I mm. think, and um, not only in in Britain but around the world. And mm. that's a really important aspect of feeling more and more connected to mm. it. To think that you know this is something which is kind of continuing on that sort yeah. of tradition. Yeah. So that's important for you as well, then. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, mm. especially in you know this age of um, technology and um, things being instant mm -hmm. and everything. It's nice to be able to do something which has always been done in a certain way. Mm -hmm. But you can, although there are these established methods, mm -hmm. there's room for making your own style. Yeah, you know? for sure. Adding um, your own creative flair to it. You'd be amazed at the amount of people who do this, yeah. um, uh, which, you know, a few months ago I would have kind of scoffed at the idea of making a spoon mm. out of wood, but actually you realise that there's a lot of people out there who find, find it really, really enjoyable and create incredible things from it. Mm. And... Um, I follow a lot of people on Instagram, so I guess um, you know nowadays it's uh, it's easier to find that community mm -hmm, of sure. of people doing it through through technology. Yeah, yeah, it has its pros and cons, doesn't it? Yeah. Watching Rob, I can't help but feel a sense of accomplishment. No doubt, I am vicariously living through Rob and his. But the warm breeze and moss-covered trees on which we descend as Rob begins carving the finer details of his new spoon, I have an overwhelming feeling of contentment. This provided me a moment of reflection. What had lifted my mood so considerably? I had visited the lake many times as a student. This was different. It was as though the weather, the location and the purpose had all perfectly aligned. But was this the case for Rob, I wondered? Was this what kept pulling him back to spoon carving? Yeah, I I do feel a, a whole lot better in myself if I'm creating as well. Uh, I think it is, it is healthy to be outside, be close to nature. And um, yeah, so yeah. this brings a great satisfaction. Yeah, you're, you're, um, you're mixing two really important things, I think. Is there any sort of difference to being in nature when you're essentially working in a way or when you're just lounging and relaxing? I think you, you do have a heightened connection. Like with this, I mean, I've become so much more aware of trees and trying to identify um, different trees. And I mean, like here, for example, maybe if I just come out here for a walk, I would have walked around the lake and not really stopped for yeah. very long. but. This has given me a reason to like stop for a little mm. while and it's because of my 
interest in the spoon carving. It's it's led to me becoming more in touch with the natural world, I guess. Mm. It seems like quite a natural progression is to then start teaching it and running courses. And, mm. and uh, some people that I follow on Instagram run courses and they travel different places around the world. Um, it's very popular in Scandinavia mm-hmm. um, and because it's you don't need a lot of equipment you can travel and take your stuff with mm-hmm. you and, and you know find lovely places mm. or local places you might get in a, a bit of a fix with a big axe on the plane but yeah, <laughs> yeah. within the uh, limits <laughs> <laughs> mine and rob's adventure had drawn to an end but not to worry I got a handcrafted wooden spoon as a keepsake to remember this experience by. Rob had shown me that happiness and fulfilment can be found in simple tasks, need not be expensive, and utilises our natural environment which is waiting for each of us at our doorstep. The results of forging into the unknown may be rewarding in the most surprising of ways, and could even lead to a fulfilling career. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of A Green Odyssey and I'll catch you next time.